This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Okay, uh, welcome everyone. Thank you so much, Rabbi Stepsky, for that very generous uh, introduction. I'm sure my mother would have appreciated it. And um, thank you everyone for joining. I see some of my good friends uh, on. First, I would like to thank my dear friend, uh, Rabbi Josh Morheim, for connecting me with Netzach Yisrael. Actually, I had the uh, great privilege to speak there a number of years ago, and I'm so uh, grateful that Rabbi Stepsky is now at the helm, and I wish him much hatzlacha and bracha in, the lead, in his leadership of the Kehila. You should bring them to even greater heights, uh, in good health and gezent. May the Rebbe bless him and his family with only success and happiness, and besuros toivos, um, so I want to thank my good friend, Reb Josh. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, me and uh, Josh, I think we're in contact at least uh, on the hour, pretty much, for different... Uh, Rabbi Stepsky spoke about the mystery of the missing son at the Seder, which sounds like my typical Shabbos meal, actually. Usually I want to know where all my kids are at the Shabbos meal. But uh, we, we, uh, Josh was kind enough to bring in some of the new Svarim on Pesach, and there seems to have been a, a great mystery about their whereabouts as well. So uh, thank you, Rib Josh, for uh, arranging and for making this uh, wonderful venue possible. And I see my good friend, uh, Rib Mark Block of Jerut. So uh, how are you, Rib Mark? And uh, we wish you tremendous Hatzlacha. And uh, without any further ado, let us get right into it. <clears throat> Many Mepharshim, most notably the Vilna Gain, have pointed out that the number four plays a very important role the night of the Seder. Of course, we have the four questions, the Manashtana, and then you have the Arba Banim, you have the four children, you have the four cups of wine, and the four cups of wine are based on the four Lashonos of Geula, the four expressions of redemption, the Hoitseisi, Vihitsalti, Vigaalti, Vilakachti. So seemingly, there are four fours the night of the Seder. Four questions, four children, four cups of wine, and four expressions of Geula. But amazingly, there seems to be a mysterious undertone that all of these fours have some, something in common that we're going to study shortly. But first I want to note that aside from these four fours, the four questions, four children, four cups, and four expressions of Geula, there's another four that is sometimes overlooked and is actually a very important part of the Seder. You know, it's, it's a very interesting thing. If you look in Maimonides, if you look in the Rambam, the Rambam says, aside from the fact that we are encouraged to speak at length about the narrative of Yitzhak Mitzrayim, the Rambam says, aside from that, aside from anyone who expounds on the narrative is praiseworthy, the Rambam says, furthermore, anyone who darshans, who expounds upon the verses in Parshas Kisavai, which are recited when somebody brings Bikurim, the first fruits, to the Beis HaMikdash, anyone who expounds on those verses at length, the Rambam says, they are also Meshubach. Interestingly, if you look at the verses which are expounded and consist of the main body of Haggadah Shal Pesach, we also have four psukim. Parshas Kisavoy, Parak Chavav, Pasuk Vav, Arami Oiveiravi, Vayered Mitzrayim, number one. Number two, Vayareu Oisanu HaMitzrim, the Egyptians harmed us. Number three, Vanitzak El Hashem Elekeh we cried out to... Hashem, the God of our forefathers, and God took us out of Egypt. And so if our observation is correct, we don't have four fours the night of the Seder, but actually we have five fours. Namely, four questions, four children, four cups of wine, four expressions of Geula, and finally, four verses that we expound upon in the Haggadah. Now, there's a very mysterious undertone of all of these fours. Namely, if you look at the ancient text of the Gemara, the ancient uh, Gersa of the Gemara in Psachim, Adaf there is a line in the Gemara that baffled all of the Rishonim. Namely, the Gemara says, listen to this, Rav Tarfoin Oimer al Hachamishi Oimer Halal Hagadah. 
Rav Tarfain says, on the fifth cup of wine, we say, Halal Hagadon. Fifth cup of wine? It's a Pella. We don't have five cups of wine. We all know there are only four cups of wine the night of the Seder. The Mishnah says explicitly that if you have an Ani, if you have a poor person, you need to provide them with four cups of wine. In the Bavli, in the Yushami, the whole sugyos of an Arab Sachem revolve around four cups of wine, four cups of wine. What is Rav Tarfain talking about that the night of the Seder, there are five cups of wine? So Rashi and the Rashbam very conveniently take care of this issue by saying, change the Gersa, change the text, the way we read the text is as follows. Revi, the fourth cup of wine. Goimer olav halal. You complete the halal. Vaoimer olav halal hagadol. And you also say halal hagadol. By the way, halal hagadol is perk kuf lamed vav of Tehillim. Haydu l'Hashem kitov kilam chasta. Haydu l'Akel akim kilam chasta. So Rashi and Rashbam take the uh, convenient way out. And they say... Oh, the fifth cup of wine? Scratch that. The Bavli never says the fifth cup of wine. There are no five cups of wine. The statement of Rav Tarfain is a misprint and has to be amended accordingly. That is how Rashi and the Rashbam deal with this supposed fifth cup of wine. Comes the Rambam, and the Rambam says, not so fast. Don't erase the test, the text. The Rambam is in Parakhas Halachavav. Listen to the Rambam. Says the Rambam, the night of the Seder, there are five cups of wine. Says the Rambam, chamishi. You need to pour the fifth cup. And on the fifth cup of wine, listen to this. On the fourth cup, you finish regular Halel. And on the fifth cup, you say Halel Hagadol. Ah, the Rambam's bother. Doesn't the Mishnah say that we only have to provide a poor person with four cups of wine? Says the Rambam, that's right. We only have to provide the honey with four cups of wine, but four cups are obligatory. The fifth cup is discretionary. Says the Rambam, the, Rambam, the fifth cup is rishus. When Rav Tarfin says that on the Seder night there are five cups, there are. Four are obligatory. The fifth one is rishus. There's another view in the Rishonim, and that is the fifth cup of wine is not obligatory, it is just a mitzvah. It is the fulfillment of a positive command. It's a good thing to do, but not an absolute obligation. So we have a great controversy over the fifth cup of wine. Rashi and the Rashbam, don't do it! You're not to do it! You can't add to the cups! The Ramam says, you're allowed to. Other Rishonim say, it's a mitzvah. So what do we do? Lemaisa, what do we do? Lahalacha. So the solution is very simple. We respect all the opinions. What do we do? We pour a fifth cup of wine in deference to the Rambam and the other Rishonim. And we don't drink it in deference to Rashi and the Rashbam. In fact, it's suggested, if you look in the Haggadah of the Vilna Gain, also it's brought in the Tameh HaMenhagim, that that may be the reason why the fifth cup is called Kaishal Eliyahu. We pour it in deference to Rashi. We're not sure if we could drink it. Excuse me, we pour it in deference to the Rambam. But we don't drink it in deference to Rashi. We have halachic uncertainty. What do we do when we have halachic uncertainty? The Gemara often says, Teiku. Teiku traditionally stands for Tishbi Yitari, it's Kushyus Rabbayas, that we're waiting for Elio. Elio Anavi will come in the door and we're going to say, Elio, what do we do about the fifth cup of wine? Elio is going to say, you do drink it, you don't drink it. And that is why the fifth cup of wine is called Kois Shel Eliyahu. It's not because Eliyahu comes into the room and he actually drinks the cup. And um, we're going to take one moment for a battery change. In the meantime, we could uh, make a commercial. I just came back from uh, Josh's brother-in-law's Vart in uh, the five towns in New York. So... I'm always there on behalf of the Edgeware community whenever they need an agent to go to a simcha for them. That's, that's me. Okay, back to the ranch. Um, so the problem though is, according to the Yushalmi, the reason for the four cups of wine, why do we drink four cups of wine? The Yushalmi says it corresponds to the four expressions of Geula, v'hoitseisi, v'hitzalti, v'ga'alti, v'lakachti. How then... Can Rav Tarfoin maintain their, four cu- their five cups of wine 
if the cups of wine correspond to the expressions of Geula, and there are only four expressions of Geula. But, amazingly, if you study the Psukim, you'll encounter that it's not so simple, there are only four expressions of Geula. The Hoytseisi, the Hitzalti, the Gaalti, the Lakachti, but then the Pasa continues, the Heveisi Eschem El Ha'aretz, I'm going to bring you to Eretz Yisrael. So amazing, you have five cups of wine, and five expressions of Geula. So we've discovered that some of the fours are really fives. Let's progress. Here's another fifth. In the parsha of Mikra Bikurim, we said we have four psukim. Arami Oyvedovi, Vayoreu Oisanu, Vanitzak, Vayoitzienu. But the parsha continues. Vayivienu El God brought us into Israel. So you have a fifth cup of wine, a fifth expression of Geula, a fifth verse in the parsha of Mikra Bikurim, and lo and behold, there's another missing five. Because, by the way, I'm going to tell you a, um, a very interesting chiddush. You know, when I was a kid, I was, I don't know, about six years old, in yeshiva, they taught us the Manashtana in Yiddish. And... Even before they taught it to us in Hebrew, they taught it to us in Yiddish. Now, I didn't really know a word of Yiddish. So I grew up thinking that the original Manashtana was actually in Yiddish. And only recently I discovered that it was actually written in, in Lashon HaKodesh. No, not so recently. It's, it's been a while. But um, even till today, you know, you start Manashtana, you say, Tato der kashas. You know, dear Tata, dear Father, I want to ask you the four questions. So we all know, what are the four questions? You have, uh, every other night you eat chametz and matzah, tonight matzah. Every other night we eat other vegetables, tonight marah. Every other night we dip, we do dip, we don't dip, tonight we dip twice. Every other night we do lean, we don't lean, tonight we're always leaning. These are the four questions. Well, so you'll say the four questions are only four questions. Ah, not so simple. If you look in the Mishnah M'sachim, Davkov Tezayim, the Mishnah records a question that we no longer ask. The Gemara says, the Gemara cites the Mishnah, Every other night we roast, we boil, we cook, and tonight, rock barbecue, rock aloesh. The night of the Seder, we only do a tzli. By the way, you could go to the Cairo Geniza. Where is it? Cairo Geniza is by you, right? Josh, you still didn't take me to the Cairo Geniza. Maybe next time. But if you could go to the Cairo Geniza, and you'll see in the early manuscripts of the Haggadah, that is the question that appears. Shabachal halilois anu oichlem basar tzali shalak umevushal halayla hazeh kulay tzali. This was the question that was asked bizman shebeis hamikdash kayam. When the Beis HaMikdash was destroyed, we no longer eat the carbon Pesach, we don't eat roasted meat, they dropped the question, and instead they substituted the question about leaning. So, in fact, if you look in the Rambam, in the Rambam's Nusach of the Haggadah, he starts off, Nusach HaHaggadah SheNoaguba Yisrael Bizman Hagalos. This is the text of the Haggadah that the Jewish people adopted in the Diaspora. But this is not what they say, said in the Galos, in, in, in uh, Eretz Yisrael. In Eretz Yisrael, they had a different text. So, it's amazing. All of the fours are really five. Not four cups of wine, according to the Ramam and the Rif, five cups of wine. Not four expressions of Geula, the Hevesi, five expressions of Geula. Not four Psukim that are Expounded in Mikra Bikurim, there are five psukim. Not four questions, five questions. So it's not a night of four fours, it's a night of four fives. But wait a second, Rabbi, you skipped one. What about the Dalad Banim? There are four children. There's the Chacham, there's the Rasha, there's the Tam, and there's the Inayadei Elishal. What happened to the fifth child? Is there a fifth child? Is there a mysterious fifth child? Now, 
I just want to share with you. One thing that all of these missing fifths has in common is that they're all things that we didn't get yet, that we're all hoping for, that we're all yearning for. The fifth cup, the fifth cup of wine corresponds to the fifth expression of Geula going into Eretz Yisrael. So to speak, we're awaiting entry. We can't go yet. Rebbe Hashem has not brought us back to the, to the promised land yet. The, four, the fifth question, when are we going to eat the Karim Pesach? We don't ask that question yet. The fifth expression, uh, the fifth Pasuk in the Parsha Mikro Bikurim, also, we're not on that level yet, as we have not entered Eretz Yisrael. So the question is, what is the missing son of the Seder? By the way, it's very interesting that Rav Menachem Kasher, he suggested that uh, with the advent of the State of Israel, and to a degree in his position, there's Kibbutz Goliath, and a degree of sovereignty, Rav Menachem Kasher says, there should be a fifth kais, Bizman Azeh. But uh, this has not been accepted by the G'dayle Yisrael. The fifth kais is still a kais that we are yearning for, that we are hoping for. But we would like to try to uncover and discover who is the fifth child at the Seder. Now, one of the Admirim of the 20th century says that the fifth and missing child at the Seder is the child who is so acculturated and so assimilated that unfortunately he did not show up to the Seder. He has sort of fallen into the melting pot of greater society and he doesn't even recognize it as Pesach. This is the child that is not part of uh, the fold anymore. And that's the child we're, we're looking to return. We want him back. And how do we reference this child at the Seder? With silence. We can't even refer to him. But friends, I would like to share with you that I am humbly inclined to disagree with this interpretation because it would seem reasonable that all the missing fives have something in common. The same way the fifth cup is the cup that we'll drink when Mashiach comes, and the fifth expression of Geula is the redemption we will merit when we go back to Eretz Yisrael, and the fifth question is the question we'll ask when we bring the carbon Pesach, I would think that the fifth child is the child that we're yearning for, a madrega that we're not yet at, and therefore the, our mystery tonight and our uh, adventure this evening is let us try to uncover and try to discover who is the missing fifth child at the Seder. And that brings us to a slew of a number of other questions. The night of the Seder evokes very warm memories in uh, everybody's mind. Even the most estranged Jew celebrates Lel Seder. Rembrandt tried to capture the majesty of the, the Jewish family sitting around the Seder table. And you have Jews who unfortunately are not even familiar with Shema Yisrael, Hashem Lekeinu Hashem Echad, and yet they know Manishtana Halayla Hazeh Mikol Halilois. And that certainly begs the question, Why is the Seder so different? How does it have this draw that even the most estranged Jew feels some connection the night of the Seder? What is it about Lel Seder that pulls the heartstrings of every Jew? Now, there are another, a number of very perplexing things about the night of the Seder. Firstly, what do we call the night of Pesach, Leil Seder. What does Seder mean? Seder means order. We pride ourselves that everything we do this night is by a specific order. You know, a modern thinking is that in order to maximize one's time, uh, time management, so it's not good enough just to get down to business and accomplish. Before you do anything, you have to make a list. What is the order of operations? What do I need to accomplish today? And that's what we do the night of the Seder. Before we even begin, we recite this whole list. Okay, tonight, Kadesh, first we're going to make Kiddush, Orchats, then we're going to wash our hands. We don't do this any other night of the year. You know, Friday night, when you come home, you don't say, okay, Kiddush, uh, Shalom Aleichem, Eishas Chayil, Kiddush, 
Birchas Habonim, Al Natil Siodayim, Hamoitzi, Gefilte Fish, Chrein. In America, you have to have dips, um, chicken soup. You don't list off what you're going to do on a Friday night. Why is it the night of the Seder? We pride ourselves that everything we do is according to a specific order, but if you actually look at the order, the order is completely counterintuitive. Kadesh Orchatz. Kadesh means sanctify yourself. Orchatz means cleanse yourself. Well, friends, that's completely backward. That is not the typical order of operations. Because first you clean something, and then you shine it. First you wash, then you paint. First you wash, and then you shine. Typically, the way that we come close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu is sur meirav ha'asetoy. First you have to cleanse yourself from, from committing uh, improper uh, acts, from sin. First we are sur meirav, and then we're asetoyv. The rest of the year, first we have to stop sinning, and then and only th- only then can we uh, fulfill mitzvahs. But the night of the Seder, we're doing things backwards. It's Kadesh. First we sanctify ourselves, and then Orchatz, and then we wash ourselves, and then we cleanse ourselves. Why would that be? What's the logic of this backward order? Asks the Avnei Nezer, quoted by his son, the Shem Ishmuel, the Avnei Nezer of Sachachav, the one night of a year that we pride ourselves that we do everything according to an order, it's completely backward, it's out of order. Next question. You know, every other time of the year, we do mitzvahs specifically in the daytime. Brismila, you can only do during the day. Shoifar, only the day. Dalad Minim, only the day. Halel, only the day. Tfilin, Talis. All the mitzvahs in the Torah are relegated specifically to the day. And it comes the night of the Seder, and all the mitzvahs are only at night. Matzah is only at night. Sipur Yitzhak is only at night. Karim Pesach is only at night. Mara is only at night. Why is that? Every other mitzvah is either only the day or also the day. And these mitzvahs of the Seder are only at night. Now I have another question for you. Question number three. You know, there's this language called uh, Hebrew, Lashon HaKodesh. You know the language that the Torah was written in? You know that language? And the, the Hebrew language has laws of grammar. There's masculine and there's feminine. There are masculine words and there are feminine words. I don't know, the, that probably wouldn't fly in the current uh, political climate. But what are you going to do? In the Hebrew language, the words have gender. And you cannot mix a, he, a masculine noun has to be described with a masculine adjective or verb, or vice versa. The word in Lashon HaKadosh is a rule, anytime a word ends in kamatz he, it is nekeva. So you would expect, ma nishtana halayla ha zois mikolalelois. The word Laila is Nekeva, Zois is Nekeva. You would expect it to say, Manishtana Halayla Hazois Mikol Alilois. Asks the Vilna Goin, why does it say, Manishtana Halayla Hazeh Lashon Zachar? Comes the Shlach Kadosh. Remember the story in the Haggadah? Maseh, Berebi Elazar, Rabbi Yeshua, Rabbi Elazar ben Azariah, Rabbi Tarfain, Rabbi Akiva, Shahi Mesubin Bivnei Brak. The word Oisoi is Zachar, it should say Oisahalayla. What's going on? Why is the Haggadah consistently? Can people raise a digital hand if they want to ask a question? Well, they certainly can. The big question is will the presenter address the question? And I'll, I'll get to it at, um, when the shear is over. Okay, so um, ask all the questions and we'll try to address them at the end of the shear. So the Haggadah consistently changes the tense from uh, Zachar to Nekeva. Laila is Nekeva and all the words that describe it are Zachar. Here's another thing. You know, in order to keep kids up the night of the Seder, the Rambam says you got to give them treats. Like what kind of treats? So uh, I, used, I like to get a, a bag of bazooka gum and uh, if somebody asks a good question, we throw them a piece of gum 
and uh, if you get a certain p- number of uh, pieces of gum, then you could trade it in for some kind of indetermined prize uh, to, d- to be determined. Okay. But the Rambam says, the night of the Seder, you want to keep, keep kids up, give them kloyos ve'agoizim, parched wheat and nuts. Egoizim, you give them nuts. Nuts at the Seder? Are you kidding me? Don't you remember Rosh Hashanah? Rosh Hashanah, it's like a cardinal sin to bring nuts to the table. Like a Jew who, who eats nuts on Rosh Hashanah, that's like, you know, I don't know what. That's like, he might as well not eat gefilte fish on Shabbos, or he might as well, you know, just give it all up. Nuts, the Ramah says, the word egoiz is gematria chet, and uh, you don't want to bring sin to the table. So Rosh Hashanah, um, you know, as a, as a pulpit rabbi, some of the most common questions I get is, my wife forgot and she put some pistachio nuts and the salmon, what should I do? Should we stay together? What should, should I terminate the marriage? What, you know, these are some of the questions that I sometimes get because nuts on Rosh Hashanah are, is a big no-no. That's like the worst thing in the world. You know, it's even, it's, you might as well not go to Shul. Forget the Shoifer. If you're going to have nuts on Rosh Hashanah and here it is, the Rambam says, the night of the Seder, give out nuts to your kids. I don't understand. I thought, Yaakov, how you doing? Shalom Aleichem. Okay, I, I didn't see you before. Josh will tell you, if I would have seen Yaakov, I would have given him a special welcome, that's for sure. Okay, but why do we bring nuts to the Seder, the night, um, Leil, Leil Pesach? And then here's another thing. We move on to the Haggadah, and we come to the Arba Banim. And one of the Banim is the Rasha. So what do we do? We bring the Rasha to the table, and the Rasha is sitting at the Seder, next to the Chacham, and the Tam, and the Sheni Elishal. I don't understand, since when do we bring Rosham to our table? Doesn't the Mishnah in Perkei say, Harchek me Rasha, al tizchaber la Rasha, what's the most important path to, to, to come close to Hashem? One of the Tanam say, stay away from the Rasha. David HaMelech begins to heal him, Ashrei ha'ish, Ashaloi halach batzas Rosham. The rest of the year, if you see a Rasha, you cross the street, you go to the other side, you lock the door, you... And the night of the Seder, all of a sudden you bring the Russia to your table. That's not the usual policy. Why are we bringing the Russia to the table the night of the Seder? And here's, the, here's a good one. So you guys, you're lucky you don't live in America. I think uh, Shaduchim are a little bit easier out of America, certainly out of New York. In New York, we have this thing called the Shidduch resume. So what's a Shidduch resume? All the good information about the girl and anything that could be derogatory, you throw under the rug and it never happened, right? So let's say there's a grandfather who, I don't know what, he's a mass murderer. So you don't put that on the Shidduch resume, right? Don't put on the Shidduch resume that the girl's grandfather um, bombed the World Trade Center. You know, that would not be something you would want to put on the Shidduch resume, you hide it, you throw it, uh, throw it in the closet. You don't put skeletons on the resume. It's interesting, the night of the Seder, how do we start off? First of all, originally we worshipped idols, and then we say, Terach, Avi Avram, we bring up our Zayda Terach. Could somebody tell me, when did you ever hear anyone say a word about Terach? All of a sudden, the night is say there, Terach is the Elta Zayda. Yeah? Eloike Abraham, Eloike Yitzchak, Veloike Yaakov, Veloike Terach. You ever, did they say that over there in Netzach? Rabbi, in your shul, they say that? I'm assuming not. I didn't get any confirmation to the contrary, but I'm... We're going to give the benefit of the doubt. If Josh, still, if Josh goes there, then I'm assuming they don't mention Terach in the Shemana Esrei. But why is it the night of the Seder, all of a sudden we have a new Zayda, Zaydi Terach. I mean, the Gemara says in Bracha, it's Al-Tikri Avais We only have three fathers. Nobody else. Not even Moshe. Not even Yosef. And all of a sudden, the night of the Seder... We bring the Russia to the table, we bring the nuts to the table, we bring Terach to the table. What's going on? So, 
to summarize, we have uh, about five or six questions. Number one, what is this mysterious order? Kadesh Orchatz, sanctify yourself and then cleanse yourself. That's backward. First you have to be Sur Meirah and then you could be Asetayv. First you could stay away from sin and then you could do mitzvahs. Number two, most mitzvahs, all mitzvahs are daytime mitzvahs. Why are the mitzvahs of the Seder nighttime mitzvahs? Number three, Manishtana Halayla Hazeh, it should be Halayla Hazois. Number four, Kol Oisoi Halayla, it should be Oisa Halayla. Number five, What's the Russia doing at your Seder? Number six, what's Terach doing at your Seder? What are the nuts doing at your Seder? Here's the good news, Rabbi Sai. We have six or seven questions, and there's one answer. And I heard this approach from uh, Rabbi Yisrael Reisman, and I would like to uh, use it to answer our mystery and our adventure, who is the missing child at the Seder. There's a challenge in life that there is no Jew who doesn't face this challenge. Rabbi Stepsky asked me to address um, and to speak about some issues about um, personal challenge, about child rearing, about perhaps emotional distress, and I hope this subject covers all of the above. There is a particular challenge that every single Jew and every thinking person faces regularly. And that is at times we're motivated to elevate ourselves and we're inspired and we want to come close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We want to rise up. We want to live a spiritual life. And on the other hand, we feel very bogged down. Sometimes we feel sullied. We may feel dirty certain things we may have done in our past, certain Averos we may have done, certain Yetzirahs we may have. Sometimes people have very private Yetzirahs. Sometimes people may be involved in things that they're ashamed of. And when they're inspired and they hear a drasha or they learn something and they want to come close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, sometimes the Yetzirah comes and says, You? You're going to daven? You're going to exert yourself in learning? You're going to observe that mitzvah or that good practice? You? Don't you remember what you did five years ago? Don't you remember what you did yesterday? Don't you realize what you're involved in? And very often we feel very weighed down. We feel like there's certain areas in life maybe we're a failure. We feel like we have baggage. And there's so many issues that people face today, whether shalom bias or whatever situation it might be, there's certain areas in life where a person sometimes writes them off and says, you know, I'll never be successful with that kid. Or I'll never have shalom bias. I'll never be successful with my job. Or I'll never overcome that challenge. Or I'll never overcome that Yitzhahara. And sometimes in certain areas in life, we, we basically we give up. We write it off and we say, okay, I'm okay in most areas and in that thing, it's hopeless. I'll never get out of that mess. But let's think for a moment. The Jewish people were wallowing in Egypt. We were languishing in Mitzrayim. We had low morale. We had a low self-esteem. We had slave mentality. We had fallen to the lowest Possible Madrego, we are on the 49th level of Tumah, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells Moshe, if I don't get them out now, they're going to fall to the 50th level of Tumah, the point of no re- uh, return. I mean, this is the lowest echelon of human be- uh, behavior. The Jewish people are on Mem Teshari Tumah. And all of a sudden, they get word from the Almighty God that the Rebbe Shalom says, I'm going to take you out of Egypt, and in 49 days, I'm go- you're going to stand at Sinai, and I'm going to give you the Torah, and you're going to be Mamleches Koyanim V'goy Kadosh. Imagine, you take people. In America, you know, if you need um, some menial work, you go to the, under the train tracks, you have a illegal immigrant standing there with signs, they don't speak a word of English, you go like this, they jump into the back seat, you bring them to your house, and uh, they work for you. That's how it goes. These guys, they don't have a dollar to their name. Who knows what kind of dependencies they have. 
they're, they're, uh, they just crossed the border from Mexico as soon as you know, Biden became the president. They imagine that that's what Klal Yisrael was like. We were slaves. We are on the Mem Teshari Tuma. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells us, by the way, in 49 days, you're going to be Gedoy Hadar. Imagine you take somebody, a homeless guy, who has no job, and maybe no teeth, and you say, uh, I'm just going to brush you up, in seven weeks you're going to be the Rosh Hashiva of the Mir Yeshiva in Yerushalayim. The guy said, uh, oh, what? say what? What's the Mir? Who's the Mir? He doesn't know anything. He says, I don't even know the Aleph Beis. God comes to the Jewish people who are on such a low level and He says, you're going to be Mamleches Kayanim V'goy Kadosh. How is this going to happen? The answer is, you know what the Shem tells these Jews? Kadesh, just jump into Kedusha. Just jump into it. Don't think about your past. Don't think about your low morale. Don't think about your Yetzir Hara, your Averos, your Avodah Just jump into Kedusha from the Memtesh Shari Tumah. And Klai Yisrael says, no, it doesn't work that way. Don't we first have to cleanse ourselves? Don't we first have to purify ourselves? And Hashem says, yeah, usually you need to do that. But the Seder of the Seder is a new Seder, a different Seder, a completely new and revolutionized order. Usually the order is Orchatz Kadesh. First cleanse yourself, usually to come close to Hashem. You need to do Tshuva and you need to remove all your Yetzirharas and all your Averos and cleanse yourself. But the night of the Seder, there's a different order of operations. The night of the Seder, you could just jump into Kedusha and forget about your Yetzirharas. You'll worry about cleaning yourself from them later. The rest of the year, you can't do mitzvahs at night. We're afraid of the night. The rest of the year, we can only do mitzvahs at a time of clarity, at a time of day, when there's no darkness, when we remove all the baggage and all our chatoyim and all the things that weigh us down, we do mila in the day and shoifar in the day and dalad minim in the day, when the light is shining and the sun is out, then and only then we're ready to perform mitzvahs, but not the night of the Seder. The night of the Seder, there's a different order of operations. The night of the Seder, we're not afraid of the night. We're not afraid of mem teshari tumah. Nothing weighs us down. Nothing bogs us down. Kaddish, we just jump straight into Kedusha. The night of the Seder is different than any other night of the year, says the Vilna Goyen. The night of the Seder, we see the glimmer of light. As the Zoyar teaches us, the night HaKadosh Baruch Hu took us out of Mitzrayim, HaShemesh HaYomeyer Kiyoyim. It was Laila Kayoyim Yoyer. The night of the Seder, we're able to see the light even in Memtesh Tumah, surrounded by our Chatoim, surrounded by our shortcomings. We're not afraid. We're not haunted by our ghosts and our skeletons and our emotional distress and our anxieties. Rosh Hashanah, if someone dares bring an egoist out to the table, we will kick them out so fast. Now, very nicely, of course, but we'll explain to them, this is not what you do in a Jewish house, to heaven forbid, have a nut at the table. But the night of the Seder, we invite everyone to distribute nuts. We are not afraid of nuts the night of the Seder. We're not afraid of Chatoim. We're not afraid of Tuma. We're not afraid of the Laila. The night of the Seder is Laila Kayoim Yoyer. It's daylight. The rest of the year, Somebody calls you up. Okay, I just wanted to know, uh, and who's your grandfather? Uh, my grandfather is Avraham, uh, Yaakov. And who's your great-grandfather? Uh, Yitzchak. And uh, after that, Avraham. And uh, who's uh, your great-great-grandfather? Uh, 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 sorry, we have a bad connection. Um, you know, I'm sure you have enough information. And we figure out a way not to mention Terach. If anybody asks us of Terach, because we are haunted by our past, we don't drum up the skeleton of Terach. We cannot deal with a Terach any other night of the year. But not the night of the Seder. The night of the Seder, even Terach doesn't frighten us. We could overcome even the fact that Terach was Oyved Avoy We could overcome the Laila. We could overcome the Memtesh Tuma. We could overcome Terach. 
and we're not afraid of the Russia. Every other night of the year, the Russia ain't at our table. We cross the street, we lock the door, and the Russia is not invited. But the night of the Seder, we turn to the Russia and we say, Russia, doesn't matter what Averos you've done. Kadesh! You could jump into Kedusha straight from the Memtesh Arituma. You don't have to be Surmeira. You don't have to cleanse yourself. You don't have to wash yourself. You could just jump into Kedusha. It's quite remarkable. Who remembers? Yitzchak Avinu, at the end of his life, he wanted to give a bracha to Esav. And what day of the year did Yitzchak want to give Esav a bracha? Remember what Rashi says? Yitzchak tells Esav, bring me shnei gedoye izim. And Rashi says, who could eat two goats? I mean, Yitzchak is an old man, he's going to eat two goats. And Rashi says it was Pesach, echad Pesach, v'echad l'chagiga. And uh, Yaakov dresses up as Esav, and Yaakov gets the brachos, and then Esav comes in and he says, Dad, you have any brachos left for me? And what does Yitzchak say? Yitzchak says, sorry, v'oichal mikoil. I already ate everything. Uh, you can't, there's nothing that you could feed me. What did Yitzchak mean? I already ate everything. In America, we have a rule. There's always room for dessert. So what did Yitzchak mean? That I already ate everything. So let, let uh, Esav bring Yitzchak a piece of pie, of blueberry pie, and he'll have a little dessert, and he'll give Esav a bracha. And then he tells Esav, Ba'achicha b'mirma, your brother came with deceit, Va'yikach b'chasecha, and he took your bracha. What does the Targum say on the word b'mirma with deceit? B'chachma with wisdom. Asks Rabbi Yosef Chaim Zonenfeld, b'mirma means deceit, it doesn't mean b'chachma, it doesn't mean with wisdom. Says Rabbi Yosef Chaim Zonenfeld, Yaakov was a very smart man. Yaakov fed his father the Chagiga. And then he fed his father the carbon Pesach. And halacha is, Ein maftirin achara Pesach afikoimon. You're not allowed to eat anything after the carbon Pesach. So therefore Yaakov says, I got all the brachos, and now Esav can't get any brachos. So Esav walks in, he says, Pop, I'll give you a piece of steak. Yitzhak says, I'm full. I'll give you chocolate cream pie. Yitzhak says, Va'oichal mikol, I ate everything. Meaning, I ate everything I'm halachically allowed to eat. I'm not allowed to eat. I already ate the carbon Pesach. Says the Targum, Ba'achicha b'mirma. The, gemach, the Targum says, the word b'mirma is gematria, is, uh, it means, excuse me, b'chachma. It was with great chachmas hatayra that Yaakov Avinu tricked uh, Yitzchak into eating his carbon Pesach and now Esav can't feed him anything. In fact, Rabbi Yosef Chaim Zonnefeld says, the gematria of Bechachma is Afikoiman, 287. That was the trick that Yaakov Avinu pulled. Now I'll tell you an amazing thing. If Yaakov Avinu stole the Afikoiman, the night of the Seder, what do you expect from any little Jewish child? You don't expect them also to steal the Afikoiman. They're just following in the ways of Yaakov Avinu. Where do you think the source of stealing the Afikoyman comes from? Says Rebel Yahu Hakoyen Me Izmir. It was just emulating the ways of Yaakov Avinu. Says Rav Yisrael Reisman Shlita, what night of the year did Yitzchak want to give Esav the brachas? The night of the Seder. Yitzchak was no fool. He knew who Esav was. He knew Esav was a Russia. But the night of the Seder, we're not afraid of Memtesh Tuma, and we're not afraid of Terach, and we're not afraid of the Laila, and we're not afraid of Egoizim, and we're not afraid of Chataim, and we're not afraid of Rishaim. And the night of the Seder, you could say to the Rasha, Kadesh, just jump into Kedusha, don't worry about your past, don't worry about your, your bygones. And therefore, the night of the Seder, Yitzchak realized the one night that, Ye- that Esav has a chance, the one night that we could turn Esav around, is Lel Seder. And the night of the Seder, we cannot be afraid of ourselves either. How often in life, we feel, you know, 
I can't do it. I can't elevate myself. I'm too dirty. I'm too sullied. I'm too bogged down. That has no place, the night of the Seder. The night of the Seder, a person could jump into Kedusha even in a state of Tumah. That is why? Amazing phenomenon. The carbon Pesach is the only carbon Yachid that you could bring if you're Tameh. And it's the only carbon period that you're allowed to eat if you're Tameh. Why is that? Why if the majority of Klai Yisrael are Tameh, they're still allowed to eat the carbon Pesach? Because the whole Avoidah of Lel Seder is to be able to jump into Kedusha even from Memtes Sharetumah. What do we do the night of the Seder? Is Mark still here? Mark, you're there? You're on? You're on? I want to share with you a new Kiruv technique. That's an uh, untapped technique. I'm a little surprised that this is not uh, uh, made use of. So we take the Russia, And how do we try to uh, be Makari of the Russia? So we send them to J-Roots for some inspirational talks. Uh, or maybe even a trip to Europe. Or, you know, what do we do? So we use this really great uh, Kirov technique. We call the Russia over, and we say, Russia, let me see your teeth. We then proceed to punch the Russia in the face and knock out his teeth. That's a very effective chinuch uh, method, I may say so. What in the world are we doing to the Russia? So the al says an amazing thing. The numerical value of the word Russia is 570. The word Shinav, Shin Nun Yudvav, is 366. When you take 570 Rasha and you subtract 366, what do you get? You get 204, the Gematria of Tzaddik. This is symbolic. We're trying to turn the Rasha around. This is not figured, this is not literal that we punch the Rasha out. We're trying to take the Rasha and transform him into a tzaddik. We say, Rasha, tonight you too could become a tzaddik. You could join the rank and file of the tzaddik. And the rest of the year we don't know what to do with the Rasha. Al tizchaber Rasha. Not so the night of the Seder. The night of the Seder, we're not afraid of Tumah, we're not afraid of Terach, and we're not afraid of Egoizim, and we're not afraid of the night, we're not afraid of Esav, and we're not afraid of the Russia. Moreover, I believe we have just uncovered and discovered the missing child from the Seder. Interestingly, when we knock out the teeth of the Russia, we make him into what? A Tzaddik. Hey, the tzaddik was not one of the four children. You had the chacham, you had the rasha, you had the tam, and you had the sheni de'elishal. Asks the maral, the chafetz chayim, the satmer rebbe, the opposite of rasha is tzaddik. Why isn't the child called a tzaddik? Why is he called a chacham? And I believe we've just uncovered the missing child, the night of the seder. The missing child, the night of the Seder, is the Tzaddik. Where is he? Where did he go? Why isn't he at the Seder? And the answer is, the same way we don't ask the fifth question of why, do we, why don't we eat roasted meat because Mashiach didn't come. And the same way we don't use the fifth expression of Geula, of Hashem brought us into Eretz Yisrael because we're not there yet. And the same way, we don't uh, expound the fifth Pasuk in Kisavai about going into Eretz Yisrael because we're not there yet. And the same way we don't yet drink the fifth cup of wine because we're not there yet. The Tzaddik is not at our Seder. Why not? Where is he? The answer is because nobody has a child who's a Tzaddik. People are not born Tzaddikim. You could have a child who's a Chacham. He's very wise. And you could have a child who's a Russia, who's very wicked. And you could have a child who's a Tom, who hasn't developed his intellect yet. And you could have a child who's even more elementary. The missing child at the Seder is the Tzaddik. The Tzaddik is what we're hoping all of our children turn into. But it's okay that they're not there yet, because we don't expect them to be Tzaddikim while they're children. 
And friends, now there are not four fives at the Seder. There are not five fours at the Seder. It's not five koisais, five lashanas of Geula, five questions, five psukim and kisavai. There are also five children. And the same way we all yearn to drink the fifth cup, and we all yearn to experience the fifth expression of Geula, the Hevesi, and we all yearn to ask the fifth question of why don't we eat, why do we only eat roasted meat, and the same way we're going to expound when Mashiach comes on that fifth Pasuk in Kisavai. When Mashiach comes, it will be Kulam Yoidimaisi Miketanam Vyadgadoilam. All of our children will be tzaddikim. V'yamech kulam tzaddikim. But right now, we're not holding there yet. We're not on that madrega. We're definitely yearning for it. We're definitely hoping for it. But all the fives have one thing in common. They're all something we aspire to. We aspire for the fifth cup. We aspire for the fifth language of Gula. For the five questions. For the five psukim and kisavai. And we aspire that all of our children should be tzaddikim. The missing child at the Seder was uncovered by the Alshech. When you take the Rasha 570 and you subtract Shinov 366, that's where the tzaddik can be found. You know, Reb Baruch, someone asked the question, wasn't the point of Bezajan to make people tar to eat Karm Pesach? Yeah, that's an individual who became Tameh. But when the majority of Klal Yisrael are Tameh, then they observe Pesach Rishain. And it's the only carbon that could be eaten in a state of Tumah when the majority of the Jewish people are Tameh. You know, isn't it odd? What's the name of the holiday? Pesach. Hashem passed over. Is that the biggest miracle of the Exodus, that Hashem jumped over our houses? There are so many miracles. He split the sea. He saved us. He, all the makos. Why do we pick that Hashem jumped over the Jewish doors? Says Rav Baruch of Mezbiz. So a typical way with which Hashem wants us to come close to Him is God says, I know it's a great journey from down here in this world to come close to me. So all I ask you is, just open the door and I'll take you the rest of the way there. You take the first step and I'll give you siyata deshmaya, I'll carry you the rest of the way up. The normal order of operations is, Rebbe Shalom says, Pischuli Pesach, open for me a doorway, the size of the point of a needle, and I'll take you the rest of the way. And I'll open up for you like the palaces. Says the Baruch of Mezbiz, when we say God jumped over the door, the deeper meaning is, God on Pesach obviated the need for us to open the door and take the first step. The night of the Seder, God says, you could just jump into Kedusha in your Tumah. You could be on holding on the lowest Madrega. You could still be involved in Averos. You could still have Tumah. You could still be living with the Rasha, with Terach. You could still be serving at Goizim. Nothing of that sort frightens us the night of the Seder. It's really an opportunity to transcend all of those things that weigh us down, all of those things that make us feel dirty and sullied, and just jump into Kedusha. You know, one of the expressions used to describe the month of Nisan, it's a month, Asher Yeshuais Makifais, that salvation surrounds us. But Kedusha Harim interprets it. It's a month that Yeshuais Makifos could mean they're on credit. Meaning we merit closeness and salvation even though we've done nothing to deserve it and we pay it back later. We'll worry about cleansing ourselves during the 49 days of Sfira Sa'imer. But at least the night of the Seder we could transcend all of the Tumah, Egoizim, Rishayim, Terach, Esav, Laila. None of that frightens us. None of that scares us. None of that, of that bogs us down. And it's an opportunity for us to really rise above all of the anxieties and worries and fears and just scale the heavens and come close to Avinu Shabbat Shemayim. So may we all be zaycha to take advantage of this uh, wondrous season, this wondrous Yom Tif. May HaKadosh Baruch Hu grant all of Klal Yisrael 
Yeshuais and Achamais to us nationally, to us individually. May we all be Zaychat to a wonderful Yamtif, Achag Kashav Asameach. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be very happy to take any questions. And again, a good Yamtif to everyone. Thank you very, very much, Rabbi Gratin. A Shakayach to you. Amazing. And thanks for your words, inspiration, and Chokhmah. Amazing. If, if anybody would like to send a, a question in, if you put it into the chat, um, oh, send it even to everyone. There was one question just put in. Okay. Just to Rabbi Gladstein to you. Um, there is also, I think, Netzach Yisrael, it says, if, if you want to send it privately, you can um, send a message to Netzach Yisrael. There is there. That's, uh, Netzach Yisrael as well, if you want to send it privately. Send it sure. Rabbi Gladstein. Yes. Yeah, sure. There's a question for you on the box. Oh, okay, let me see. Um, what, what is it about Lil Seda that makes a person able to jump into the Kedusha? Okay, so a very um, important and inspiring concept that the Jewish calendar is not linear. It's a living calendar, which means the occurrences that, are, that happened... In ancient history, even if they happened uh, uh, 3,000 years ago, 3,300 years ago, the spiritual light with which the Rebbe Shalom brought about the miracles in ancient times, those spiritual lights illuminate again when that time of the year comes. So the same way when God took us out of Egypt, He took out a people who were naked and bare of mitzvahs. We were empty of mitzvahs. We were on the 49th level of Tumah. And He gave them, He threw them the, the, uh, uh, the life raft. He threw us the, the safety raft. And He says, just jump to me. Jump into Kedusha, even though you're on a low madrega. That opportunity, the spiritual opportunities are reoccurring. The Jewish calendar is a living calendar. When we say, Sha'asa nisim bayamim ha'heim, Bazman hazeh. In those days, but at this time, they're reoccurring. So those same influences are still alive when that time of the year comes. Um, thank you very much. Yeah. Rabbi Gatsi, I'm going to pass a couple of questions to you that are, that are in the chat. And in fact, there's one hand up as well. But if I, uh, I'll just go through the chat. Okay, so, okay sure. Um, uh, the first one is, why is it not called pet? Okay, uh, good question. So I'm going to tell you something over from Rabbi Yitzchak Abarditchev that I heard uh, from one of my rabbanim many years ago, from Rabbi Yitzchak Izbi, that, that the Jewish people and God are like a chassan and kala, are like a bride and a groom. God is our groom and we're His bride. And we each praise each other, uh, focusing on the praise of the other partner. So God says, oh, I'm giving you the holiday of matzos. That's what God refers to it as, because that's our merit. That even though Hashem said, I'm going to take you out of Egypt, you have no food, you have no provisions, and the Jewish people said, okay, we'll leave, we're going to follow you into the desert, and all we had was matzos. So Hashem likes to remember our merit, and He refers to it as Chag HaMatzos. We, on the other hand, like to, mer- to mention the praise of God. And we say, thank you God, you jumped over our homes. So we have this mutual, beautiful relationship between us and HaKadosh Baruch Hu, where Hashem praises our merits, and we, um, sh- we acknowledge His accolades. Similar to that which the Gemara says in Mesech uh, Tabrachos, and in Hashem's Tefillin, it says, who is like the Jewish people, one nation in, in the earth? And in our tefillin it says, Who is like Hashem? Shema Yisrael, Hashem Leikenu, Hashem Achar. On the same vein, I heard an amazing thing. In uh, the Chumash, this I heard from one of the greatest uh, Marbitse Torah today is Rav Asher Arieli. He uh, gives one of the largest shirim in the Mary Yeshiva. His brother, Rav Shloima Arieli, wrote a sefer called Rapdunik Batapuchem. He says it also a similar idea. In the Chumash, the name of the Yom Tif is Sukkais, plural. The name of the Masechta is Sukkah, singular. Why? Because there are two Sukkais. There are the clouds of glory that God made for us, and that was one. And there are the individual booths that we made to show our trust in God. And they were many. So when we 
talk about the Yom Tov, we said, Mesechta Sukkah, we like to remember what God did for us, the Anani HaKavit. When God talks about the holiday, He calls it Sukkot, because He likes to remember our trust in Him, and that we followed Him in our, in our booths. So this is really a concept that's thematic by all the Yom Tovim, and, and in many other areas in uh, Mitzvah Observance as well. Okay. Sure. Uh, firstly, is it not being scared of challenges, or rather accepting that they are part of us, or is that a non-Jewish concept? And it concludes. Thank you for a great year. Okay, I like the second part. No, I'm joking. The, the first part is always uh, more important. Okay, so what does it mean um, to overcome a challenge? I always like to uh, remember um, something that Rabbi Victor Miller, Zechotzak would say. And that is, a Jew always has to live on two planes. The practical and the spiritual. On the spiritual plane, there's no challenge that has to be. No challenge that has to be. Even if somebody is um, waiting for a shidduch for many, many, many years, God could help in the blink of an eye, you could find your, your bashart. Somebody's waiting to have a child for the longest of time, and the doctors have given up hope. No, nothing's impossible. We never give up hope. So, in our soul, we always have to hope that Hashem could help us overcome the challenge, and on a practical uh, dimension, there always has to be an awareness that sometimes we have to live with the challenge. And Hashem gave a human being the ability to somehow navigate that dichotomy of always hope and yearn for the salvation and have a healthy dose of realism that sometimes we have to uh, learn to live with uh, those things that we're not able to change. And a person could really think both. And how is it possible to think, well, God's going to bail me out and... Also, this might be something I can't change. Hashem created a human being in a very magnificent and complex way that we could sort of balance that very delicate uh, tightrope. Okay. Um, next question, Rabbi Gladstein. Um, how can we maintain the level of inspiration of the Seder night? Ah, good question. There's an amazing sefer called the Bas Ayin, written by Rabbi Avram of Averich. And he speaks about this idea that the night of the Seder, God gifts us great spiritual levels. It's called Isarusa de la'ila, inspiration from above. Even though we're on a very, very low madrega, God elevated us, so to speak, even though we didn't do anything to deserve it. So the, the, the Bas Ayin says that the question of the Chacham is, that if God is gifting us so much spirituality, even though we don't deserve it, why do we have to do so many mitzvahs the night of the Seder? If there's such so many uh, freebies given down, menashamayim, of spiritual elevation, we do more mitzvahs the night of the Seder than any other night of the year. The Vilna Gain, we have a tradition from the Vilna Gain that we perform 64 mitzvahs the night of the Seder, more than any other time of the year. Why do we have to do so many mitzvahs? And... Um, that's the question of the Chacham. And the answer is like this. You're right. You want spiritual elation? You could just sit back and take it in the night of the Seder. But if you want this, the flavor to last, if you want to take that taste of the Seder with you, you have to work hard. And you have to do many mitzvahs. And the only way that inspiration could be taken with you is, as the Ramban says, Im ta'iru im ta'iru es ha'ahava If you have inspiration and you have exhilaration, it needs to be translated into concrete action. So the night of the Seder, take upon yourself that from now on I'm going to start doing the following. I'm going to learn an extra minute every Shabbos. I'm going to 
Be careful in Mashmir's Halashon at the Shabbos table. Whatever it may be, the only way to take inspiration with you is to, to translate it into um, concrete action. Rabbi Stepsky, can I make a brief uh, plug for a new Sefer? Yes, please. Go for it. Okay. First of all, I want to thank everybody for uh, bearing with me throughout the duration of the, sh- of the uh, shir. If it's okay, B'Siyat um, we have uh, somewhat of a new Sefer on the Yom Tif of Pesach. That it came out last year, but because of COVID, it, uh, the dissemination was quite challenging. And I want to thank my dear friend, Reb Josh, who, as I mentioned, we speak so often, but I have a feeling that we may even speak more often after this little commercial. Um, I shipped a bunch of Svarim to Josh. Right now, I think he's out, but we have a few more boxes coming in. If anybody would be interested, then um, you could con- contact Reb Josh Morheim, and um, he might even be happy to help you out and uh, get you a copy. So, uh, I'll be happy to hear from you. Right, Josh? <laughs> oh. Josh, you're unmuted, Josh. No, yeah, you go for it. <laughs> if anybody doesn't have Josh's number, you can contact myself. And, uh, there's, a, there's also another Sefer um, that came out a few months ago on the Tana of Meir Balhanes and Hashem's love for Klal Yisrael that uh, Josh has as well. If anybody's interested in that, um, you could contact him. Thank you, Josh. Thank you so much, Rabbi Gladstein. And on behalf of Anetzach Yisrael Kehillah, thank you everybody for coming. Thank you, Rabbi Gladstein. Thank you, Josh Morheim, for connecting us. Thank you, Richard Stanton, for the technical support. And thank you, Howard Miller, for dealing with all the questions. And thank everybody for coming. I wish you all a chak kosher Amen. Thank you. 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 Thank you.